Would you please welcome Gene Okerlund? His illustrious career has spanned nearly four decades, and he's still one of the most recognizable personalities in wrestling history. Gene Okerlund has seen and done it all. He spent time in the AWA, WCW, and of course, the WWE. When the World Wrestling Federation exploded into a cross-cultural phenomenon in the 1980s, Mean Gene was nearly as popular as the superstars themselves, thanks in no small part to his good friend, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. You know something, Mean Gene. This man right here, my very dear, close, personal, longtime friend, Hulk Hogan, very instrumental in picking up the banner of Mean Gene. The chemistry between the unlikely duo was pure magic, and it led to one of the most mismatched tag teams in wrestling history. Mean Gene's in the ring, all right, down across Mr. Fuji. One, we have a count of two, and a count of three. It's Genomania, it's Hulkamania going wild. Always the consummate professional, one take Okerlund never falters under pressure. He comes off that top rope with a flying I could do this better drunk. Now, I'm not about to lay down on my back and let someone cover me. I thank you very much. <laughs> I screwed that thing up. What? Oh, my God. You have embarrassed me again, Jim. It's not Jim, it's Gene. I told you, right? Where I got the big mouth, she nursed me for four years. Do you have a name on that? Male or female? Um, I didn't check. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, neither did I. You've already given me my haircut. Doesn't Adrian look smashing today? You're standing behind him, I don't know. What yeah. exactly is that? This is the vault for the family jewels. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> my word. A little accident there. You guys can go f yourself because we're out of time here, pal. <laughs> With a unique sense of humor, boyish charm, and a great set of pipes, Mean Gene Okerlund is truly one of a kind. I have the honor of interviewing the biggest names in the sport. Some have been a pleasure, while others, I just had to do my job. He is blessed with a lovable charisma that remains timeless. Hi again, Mean Gene here. Gene Mania's running wild. Mean Gene Okerlund, meaner than ever. It's an honor to welcome the first announcer ever inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, Mean Gene Okerlund. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. 
Yes, we are, guys. We are here with our second episode of 2019. Don't expect me to continue to tell you which episode number it is because I am going to forget. I definitely will. But this is the second one of 2019. What have we got for our fans today, Joe? Well, of course, we are powered by the grillposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. And this is an interesting episode because... Over the last week or so, you know, the landscape of professional wrestling is really morphing and starting to take shape for the new year. But unfortunately, and as it has been in the course of us being a podcast here, big news tends to happen either directly after the podcast is recorded or the following day. And this was the case this last week because literally the day after we lost a very, very big name and an important name. And I know I can speak for myself and Carl. This man provided one of those most recognizable voices of our childhood and our, uh, you know, our teenage years. This guy was the voice of everything when it came to our beginnings and watchings throughout our teenage years of the WWE or the World Wrestling Federation back at that time. And WCW. Yes, we, say that. we just can't say the letters. But yeah, WCW as well. I mean, he was he was the voice of everything everywhere. Uh, very, very sad day for the professional wrestling world as we lost the legendary Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, I, like, I literally woke up, walked down the street for a coffee at Tim Horns, came back, and in that span of time, we lost one of the legends in our in our business here. I mean, you know, I even came out on Facebook and, and did a little thing. Like, it just—it's it, one of those ones. Like, it just—it it had, it had a weird effect on me because, like I said, the guy was like the soundtrack more or less to a lot of those big moments and in interviews. You know, in professional wrestling, uh, the guy interviewed all of the the big names. Like, I mean, like literally every single one. He he interviewed everyone from uh, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan to Roddy Piper to Ric Flair to, you know, like everybody. And it wasn't even the big names. He he was a consummate professional throughout his entire career. And he would do an interview with absolutely anybody that was needed to be done. Uh, an, An amazing man, an amazing voice to the guy. If you have not, you know, experienced listening to Mean Gene Okerlund, go on YouTube. There are so many interviews out there from uh, from Gene Okerlund that you can listen to. Uh, the, the guy's voice is just, it, it's going to sound really weird, but it's a dreamy voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to narrow down the two of my favorites with him, number one right at the top would, would be his interview with Andre the Giant that he did, which you'll uh, likely maybe even hear at some point in this episode. And as a bit of an outtake, when uh, he was interviewing Rick Rude and Bobby the Brain, and the sign in behind fell off the wall, and you hear Gene say, you know, you hear a bit of a, uh, an expletive there that gets bleeped out. And he's like, was that $200 an hour there that, that went up there on that wall, you know? You know, and, uh, you know, just moments like that. I mean, he, he was a consummate professional. And even when little things like that happen and weird moments, like even the thing with uh, Gobbledygooker, him and Piper, I mean, as ridiculous and as absurd as an idea that was, they sold the hell out of that, especially him, both him and Piper, you know. And, um, you know, they, they took sometimes stuff that wasn't all that great and then turned it into gold. That he did. He, <laughs> he was always good at doing that. He was, you know... In front of the camera and behind that microphone, the man was on point all the time. 
but he is human as well. Mm -hmm. And he had his own funny side to him as well. Uh, Honestly, take a look at um, uh, Legends House on the Mm -hmm. WWE Network. It just kind of goes to show a little bit of who the man was. And I know that, you know, it is supposed to be a reality show. It was, you know, probably scripted to yep. uh, every last detail. I understand that. But, I mean, that just kind of gave you a little bit of an insight into who Mean Gene Ogerlin was. And, and just even some of the comedy that the guy could do. He, he was a plethora of differences from being professional to being a a joker and a river and everything in between. And also with me and Gene here, and strangely enough, I'm going to give WWE some props here with this one because going back to, I believe it was WrestleMania 17 when they did the gimmick Battle Royal, they, they did the genius move of bringing in him and Bobby the Brain to do commentary for that gimmick Battle Royal. That was Excellent. And it's not too often that I will legitimately give WWE props for something, but for that, it was perfect. It it made that moment. I mean, they were both on. It just, it made what could have been something really kind of stupid for lack of a better term. And it made it into one of actually probably one of the better things of the evening. It was hundred percent. So now going with that coming up this Monday evening, actually as uh, the evening that we're recording this episode, Carl, they're going to be doing a tribute to mean gene and this is something that I have some mixed feelings about. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I will say that I am not a fan of who they have picked to do this tribute. I know exactly where you're going with this. And I know that uh, some of our other friends on the podcast networks on the Roar Network are kind of feeling the same way. I'm okay with it. I mean, there are other names that you could have got to do it, but I mean, really, who is the biggest name to come out? Where did Mean Gene Okerlund come from? That came from the lips of Mr. Hulk Hogan, Mm -hmm. and that is who we are going to have doing a tribute to Mean Gene Okerlund this Monday, or last night, I guess it would be now for you guys. Uh, last night, Hulk Hogan did a tribute to Mean Gene Ogerlin. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the guy's done whatever in the past and, and has whatever black marks and blemishes on him, but there's no denying that Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene were our two names that are synonymous together. True. Do you know who I would pick, though, Carl? Somebody with some real, you know has that real legitimate uh, feel to him, you know, has a, a lot of credibility. And I believe actually Gene did his very first promo, very first interview on WCW. And that is diamond Dallas page. That is who I would have picked to come in to do a tribute for Gene. If you want to pick somebody who has, you know, just right now has really that credibility and has that, that star power. And, and I think would have made, you know, arguably as big of an impact would have been diamond Dallas page. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I get the whole thing bringing Hulk Hogan. I totally get it. But at, at the end of the day, for me personally, in my, my opinion, I have, I'll, I'll come out right and say, I've never been a Hulk Hogan fan. I don't think I will ever uh, be. And it's not just because of the stuff that he's done outside of professional wrestling. I was never a fan of, of really the character and, and uh, the way he was in the ring. I was, at that time, I, I wasn't a Hulk Hogan fan, and I wasn't an Ultimate Warrior fan. I was a Roddy Roddy Piper fan at the end mm-hmm. of the day, folks. I, people tend to always compare those two together. I didn't like either one of them. I was a Piper fan. That guy was my wrestling hero. 
bar none. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, Piper, I think, would have been maybe even a, if he was still around, would have been another choice to do that as well. Yeah. But uh, we're losing some legends here, Carl. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that day that happened to actually there were two other deaths and strange enough they were both the same age and that day it was it was a weird day to kind of be just sitting around the computer and seeing all the stuff kind of unfold yeah now strangely enough you talk about other names that could have uh you know done the tribute to um minji and okerland as opposed to hulk hogan mm-hmm. um one, one of the very classics the the interviews that happened was with uh bobby the brain heenan and Mr. Perfect, yeah. Gene, and Ric Flair. And, I mean, how how odd is it that out of all four of those in a classic capacity that Ric Flair Still, that's is left. the one that's the survivor, oh, right? Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we're recording this before this actually happens, yeah. but I hope that Ric Flair has some sort of part in this tribute to Mean Gene Okerlund, because I mean, Mean Gene and Ric Flair, the two of them together as well, always professional, and they gave us some classics too. Yeah, because that was a really legitimately emotional moment when that whole thing when Rick won the Royal Rumble to win the at the time WWF championship. That that was uh, some a lot of real emotion there, and Gene was yeah. a an integral part of making that moment as impactful of it was, as it was. So yeah, yeah, a big loss to our industry, but I mean his legacy. I mean uh, it's going to forever be in the archives and uh, in at least my memory. Oh yeah, I know yours too, and the majority of the fans who are around our age and grew up with him. So. So the next topic we want to get to, Carl, it's a it's a pretty big uh, topic going around these days. It's a doozy, and this revolves around Mr. Kenny Omega and his future in the professional wrestling business. Carl, where do you see the cleaner ending up after his New Japan wrestling days are seemingly done here? If I decide to go with what all of the marks are saying, we're going to see Kenny Omega in the WWE having a $3.5 million a year contract. That's a crazy number. I don't believe that that is going to happen. Uh, will Kenny Omega possibly be in the WWE? Sure. At that type of money? No, I don't think so. Um we can already say that he is not part of all elite wrestling at this point. Anyways. Um, I mean, we, we could always see him as well staying with new Japan pro wrestling and continuing to work over there. We could see him go to ring of honor. We could see him you know, go to impact. Let's say we could see him go to uh, work a little bit of a less schedule with Lucha underground. We could see him, you know, come to Canadian wrestling's elite, which is based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is the hometown of Kenny Omega, or we could just see nothing. Well, let's go through our cast of our usual suspects here. Let's see if we can uh, do it by process of elimination to see where he'll end up. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I mean, he has all but said that he is completed with them. You look at Ring of Honor. Is that a possibility? Well, going through this whole thing, the relationship with Ring of Honor on the surface looks pretty good. But when you really get to the nitty gritty, it's kind of on the rocks, You know, especially with this exit happening to Ali Wrestling. To me, that relationship between New Japan and ROH is... 
delicate to say to say the least. You look at Impact Wrestling. You know they've gone to the Pursuit Network. They don't have a ton of money to throw around to get Kenny. So I think we can eliminate them as a possibility. We look at MLW. Don't they don't have enough money to offer him either? By process of relation, we're left with either him doing nothing or him going to WWE. And that, unfortunately, is a time-telling and we will see type of situation. I mean, I think that the, 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 the true telling is going to be when the Royal Rumble happens. If we see Kenny Omega show up at the Royal Rumble, we will know that he is part of the WWE. No. Let's say if he shows up even the Monday Night Raw after the Royal Rumble, then we will know that he is part of the WWE. If he does not show up at either the Royal Rumble, Raw, or I'll even throw SmackDown Live in there as well on the Tuesday night, if he does not show up to any three of those, I think it will be a time before we see Kenny Omega again. If you're going to put Kenny into the Royal Rumble, if you do sign him, if all this stuff happens, he gets offered the ridiculous contract with the uh, the lack of a term. Again, he's finger quotations with the FU money that WWE is getting from Fox. Where do you put him? Where do you have him come out in the Royal Rumble? What number? 17. That's 17, just random, eh? Just random, yeah. For me, you have him come out number two. Number three has been done with AJ. We're expecting that's the on-the-nose one. The number 30 pick is also an on-the-nose one. I think you have him come out number two, and that's where you get your biggest pop. And God knows WWE needs a guy to pop their product right now. They they need another big star power because where is all the there, – there's not a, really a ton of star power going on here. They need Kenny in there big time. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Yes, they. I mean, they do need you know a star power to show up. I don't know necessarily that number two is the way to go. Let people cling to a hope that there is going There's to that be too. a big name, right? And have you know, like, like I said, just a random number somewhere up in the higher echelon of that of those numbers, and you have it be something even as as overdone as one guy goes in there and cleans house of everybody and then you make it a clean slate with this one person in the ring and then comes out at number 17 18 19 20 26 doesn't matter then comes out kenny omega and you will get the same pop that you would get as if he came out at number two so that, honestly, no matter where, I think that they would really have to make it a point where it's going to be just Kenny Omega and this one other person inside the ring to get a huge pop. You can do that at number two, but then I think over time, over the rumble, that it's going to wear out and people are going to be like, oh, you know, you know, okay, so Kenny Omega came number two, he's going to win. Okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, or and then if he gets thrown out, he's thrown over the top rope and eliminated, then people are going to be like, oh, are you serious? Kenny Omega should have won. Oh, we don't, we don't even care anymore, right? So it's hard. It's really difficult to, to figure out a point for Kenny Omega to come out in the Royal Rumble if that even happens with the quote-unquote FU money from the Fox <laughs> Network. Here's my dream scenario. Let me lay this out to you and to everybody listening here. Okay. Okay. Number one. Who do you have come out number one? Here's where the, the combination of that and where you're really going to get that huge pop. You have come out at number one, Chris Jericho. 
Chris Jericho is, uh, you know, in a position where he could, you know, probably have a bit of a short-term deal. You have him come in number one. Then you slow roll. And then you go dark. And you don't play a sound. You don't play an opener. You don't play nothing. Lights come back on. Who's standing right, right behind Chris Jericho? It's Kenny Omega. There's your pop. There's your holy crap moment for 2019. And you would do that right at the beginning. I would do that right at the beginning. That's your big wow moment. I think that's you get maximum impact out of that. Now, now it's going to depend. Is the rumble going to be the main event or is the rumble going to be the first thing that happens? I don't think it matters. I see. I think it does. I mean, if it's the first thing that happens, like the very first thing that happens on a, on a three hour pay-per-view or a three hour show, people are going to be like, Oh yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Kenny Omega did show up. Yeah. That was, yeah. Right at the beginning of the show. But now all this other stuff has happened and you know what I mean? Like, I think it, it could, it could almost get lost, especially mm. when you're talking the WWE crowd, when a lot of the WWE crowd are pretty, uh, adamant about just watching the WWE and a lot of them don't even know who Kenny Omega could be, mm. right? So that's that's my only concern with that is is you want to bring Kenny Omega in, you you gotta make it so that it's it's something that's going to really be a huge wow factor and that people are gonna be talking about it the next month still. Well, you have to keep in mind too where the rumble's gonna be. It's gonna be in an audience that is a smart mark audience. And the smart mark audience absolutely knows who Kenny Omega is. You know, and how I think sure. that you lay it out, like I said, that you still use my scenario. I think you as wacky as those, I think you open with the Women's Royal Rumble, you do the rest of your show, and then you end with the Men's Rumble. And like I said, you have Jericho come out number one, get that huge pop with him, and then you go dark, and you don't play a sound, bring the lights back on, and Kenny Omega is standing right behind him, and you get that. Dude, that'll be a lot of reaction than the AJ Styles. And if it's if the Rumble is the main event, and that's how things go down, then I think that that really that, – that, could make a huge impact, especially if they let Omega go through to not even to win, but even get to, you know, 28 or or 27 or 26 before he's thrown out, let him come in and, and, you know, show what he can do against a plethora of different guys before he gets eliminated either way. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. I think you let him, you know, get to that final four type thing where you have that was kind of like that, four corner kind of face off. I think you get that one. You still have Jericho in there too. And then that will, will still leave people talking because Mm -hmm. he's there at the beginning and at the end. And people will still remember the name Kenny Omega and what transpired during that Royal rumble. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And um, once again, if WWE, if you're listening, if you use my idea, Show me the money. I want the money for that idea. Mm. And you can send it directly to Turnbuckle Talk, which, of course, can be found at thegorillaposition.com and the Roar Network, another cheap plug there for you guys. So another topic that I want to get to, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about this, and uh, I think it's kind of an important thing to mention, and um, it was uh, after a recent uh, taping of NXT, Morgan Ronaldo came out and said that uh, he apologizes for a mediocre performance on his behalf on commentary. And um, 
I got to say, you know, for a guy who's on like all the time, for more to have an off night, I'm okay with it. You know, he's, you know, he's beating himself up for it. But I mean, the guy is just like, he's just a ball of energy. And you wouldn't think that he's going through the issues that he's going with the way that he sounds a commentary. Moro, if you're listening to this, you had an off night, brother. It's all good. You know, just relax. You know, you're, you're doing fine. We're not perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason for him to need to come out and apologize for absolutely anything. The guy gives us gold every time that he is uh, you know, on the microphone. No need for any type of apology. For for those who aren't all that familiar with Morrowin All, go look on YouTube. Uh, actually, I think there's a, a special on WWE, and you'll learn a lot about this guy, and you'll have a newfound respect for me. If you're somebody who's kind of on the fence about uh, Morrowin All, go find this, and uh, you'll be very amazed at his journey that he's gone through. I mean, he's, he's been involved in professional wrestling for a long time, and uh, right. you know, just he's a guy that just he's excellent in commentary. So an off night, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not personally I'm not going to hold it against him. No. All right, so we're going to take a brief break, Carl, and we're going to come back with a topic that, for lack of a better term, I think has left a bad taste in my mouth. We'll take a brief break, and we'll be right back. I'm stats, man. I'm stats, well, because the problem is when you cater to that audience, what you do is you turn everybody else off who's not a part of that audience. And that's why ratings are down 23% from two years ago. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens when Monday Night Football is over and the rating doesn't really change. Because it doesn't seem, regardless of how many people are watching Monday Night Football, the raw rating is not changing whatsoever. It's not like you've got a bad game and the raw rating goes up or you've got a really good game and the rating goes down and it levels out next week. That's not been the case whatsoever. They've lost 750,000 viewers this year. I mean, you when you want to talk about comparing to yourself, that's what I'm looking at. Look at the 10-week trend. Look at the three-month trend. Look at the year-long trend. You're losing viewers left and right. independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands contact pinned llc pinned llc is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry it's your one-stop one-click online profile and so much more with pin you'll receive a full background story photo gallery an interview conducted with you links to all your social media and where you can be booked and yes a 60 second custom television commercial all about you Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about Pin. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. Bryson Scott. 
All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. A little bit of a doozy coming up for you here. Something that left a bad taste in Joe's mouth. Big Joe, what are you talking about? Carl, I don't know really the best way to, to kind of say this. It, it's so hard um, to kind of really say this properly without, A, grossing people out or offending anybody given the culture we live in these days. So essentially... Because I've been thinking about this for the last few minutes to see how I'm going to word this. Essentially, Priscilla Kelly used a feminine hygiene product in a match with another wrestler. So to give you guys a little more of a context, <laughs> I don't care. I don't know how else to say it, man. Out there, I'm going to say it, okay? First, I'm going to say mankind taking a sock from his crotch and putting it down somebody's mouth. Joey Ryan taking a lollipop out of his crotch area and sticking it into somebody else's mouth, Priscilla Kelly proceeded to take a tampon with red markings on it. We don't know what it was. Was it blood? Was it food coloring? What was it? We don't know. But she used it in a match and shoved it into another opponent's mouth. Some people are quite disgusted by this. Yes, taking a look at it, it does it does look disgusting. It yep. really does. Oh yeah. But that's what happened. Priscilla Kelly takes a used tampon from her crotch area, shoves it into her opponent's mouth, and controversy has ensued. Yeah, to say the least, Carl. Um, you know, I've gone on record on this podcast several times that you know, the ultra hardcore stuff I'm not really fond of, you know, CCW when they're throwing cinder blocks at each other and stabbing each other in the head with um, skewers and all that kind of stuff, uh, light tubes and stuff like that. I'm, I've never been a fan of that ultra hardcore stuff. You know, does this cross over to that territory? Not really. But, I mean, I, I know that, you know, a lot of things are fair game in the world of professional wrestling and matches to do. But I think this goes – it's lit. It's literally in bad taste, folks. I'll, I'll just say it. It's literally in bad taste. Now, but at the yeah. at, at the end of the day, for myself, you know, I've seen pictures of it. You know, am I a fan of it? No. Am I gonna watch it? No. So at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also not gonna lose any sleep over it because you know, there's bigger fish to fry out there. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I mean, at this point, as bloody disgusting as that was, <laughs> I mean. Uh, Get over it, people. Yeah. It's professional wrestling. Do you know? Was it real? Or was it not? I, I, right? I don't know. And I don't care to know. And I don't need to know. And that's a line that people are assuming has been crossed without knowing 100%. Blurring the lines of professional wrestling. Once again, Priscilla Kelly has done that. Am I mad at it? No. She has put herself out there to be that shock core type of person as many others have done. Mm -hmm. But now, for some reason, when a female attempts to do it, there is backlash over it. Stop. Get over it, people. You don't want to see it. Don't watch it. It's been the product of the day that we live in, too. And I know that you've, uh, I think it's specifically to do with Facebook. And I think you've tested out this theory of where you'll put a post to see if people actually read all of something. And people don't. 
And, you know, so, and that's where you get this kind of effect thing where people are hearing part of the story and they think they know it all. And that is not the case here. You know, so at the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, we don't, uh, people aren't seeing the actual context of this. Still, uh, personally, I think it's, it's a little too much. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's not something I want to watch. So it really doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not these kind of type where I'm going to watch something that I know that's going to tick me off and then, and then lose my uh, mind over it. Not going to happen. No. The other day. So for our last topic, before we get to our interview here today, Carl, let's talk a little bit more about the 2019 Hall of Fame that's coming up here. And I think that the year has come, Carl for us to induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. And I think the way that you do it this year, because we had mentioned before that, you know, that there's too many people getting in and we're running out of people, frankly. I think we induct The Undertaker this year and we do it just him. Just him on his own, no one else being inducted? Is that what you mean? That's what I mean. We do Undertaker only. One person Hall of Fame this year. Yep. I can, you know what, I, I dig it, but I think with with that, I think the WWE has gone through and uh, allowed more different things to go into the Hall of Fame. You're yeah. looking at the Warrior Award, you're looking at the yeah. Celebrity Award, you still do stuff those. like that, right? So, yeah, sure, Undertaker, the only wrestler to go into the WWE yeah. Hall of Fame. I mean, then you do the Warrior Award, yeah. and then you have one celebrity to go into the Hall of Fame. And yeah. I want to throw out there right now Motorhead going into that, the WWE Hall of Fame. That's a good choice. Um, and The Undertaker, definitely. Those two, 100%. You do the celebrity, then you do the Warrior Award, and then you do The Undertaker to cap off the... 2019 WWE Hall of Fame night. That's how I would like to see it. Yeah, I mean, you do that uh, that celebrity one, and you do the the warrior thing, and then you have Undertaker as as the main event there. I mean, and just think of all the people that can come out. You don't have like just one or two people inducting him. Like you have like everybody coming. You like the APA, you know, the Ministry guys, the corp, uh, all that stuff. I mean, you have so many people that can come out and pay tribute to the Undertaker, dude. That's an entire show right there. It is. And I mean, past years, we're looking like they, they, they try to limit the amount of time that, you know, the person who is being inducted has at the mic when when they're there. But it never works. It never has. So we're going four hours of a Hall of Fame ceremony when all we need is maybe at the most two hours to have a good Hall of Fame ceremony. And I think the problem is that we're not we're, but they are are possibly inducting too many people. <coughs> Mr. Which T. Is a, which is a good <coughs> Mr. T. Why, good reason why we dial it back and only induct one wrestler into the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and, and only this time. Just this time, for The Undertaker, 100%, he deserves that. He deserves the accolade just on his own. Allow him that spotlight to end out a storied, historic career, and that's how you do it. Yeah, briefly, what I was joking out there to for for me, like hands down, still one of my all time favorite WWE Hall of Fame moments was Mr. T's induction, and when he goes on and on and on, and then you see the, the camera um, pan over to where 
Piper is sitting, and you just see him just going. Yeah. And and then and then Kane's music hit, and then he come out, dude. Like that 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 I up to that point, I don't think I've laughed that hard. That was fantastic. And props to if they did that on the fly. Congratulations to production or WWE or Vince, whoever thought of that to Carter Kane out there and that, dude, that was great. To me, that's still one. Of, that's that's still my favorite all time uh, Hall of Fame moments. Oh yeah, and I'm sure that was all on the fly. Hundred percent. My second favorite would be uh, Jake Roberts uh, Hall of Fame induction and just everything leading up to yeah. that. You know, and uh, that was a fantastic moment there. But th- th- that thing with Mr. T, I mean, that's that's the stuff <laughs> legends are made of, folks. So that's right. So I think that that is a good way to end off the first half of our of our show today here, Carl. Normally we have our showstopper segment coming up at this point, though. But we have something special in mind for you folks today. Yes, we are going to forego our show stopper segment for this week. And we are bringing you an exclusive one of the hottest interviews that we are going to have for 2019. The first in our interview series with arguably one of the hottest names in professional wrestling right now. If you have not heard of this guy, hit our social media to follow him. We will have links for his social media available there as well. Go on to YouTube. Look this guy up. This man will be taking on Jason David Frank, former Power Ranger TV star, MMA fighter. We are talking with Mr. Studtacular, Mr. As Seen on TV, Mr. Bryson Scott. Yeah, so stay tuned, everybody, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, Big Joe here of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. So this is a new segment that we like to call Legendary Chats. Recently, I got to sit down with one of the greatest minds in professional wrestling, a true encyclopedia of knowledge, a man I have a ton of respect for, Robo Rick. All right, Robo Rick, what do you think of John Cena's return to the WWE? Boy, you great. Uh, I am well I am so properly. He just a great great. Uh, I am well I great. Uh, Interesting. I never would have thought to word it that way, sir. What match are you most looking forward to at Wrestle Kingdom thirteen? Don't think I could have worded that or articulated that better than you just did. All right, one final question, Robo Rick. Where are you most looking forward to in 2019? Well said, sir. Well said. And that has been... 
segment we like to call Legendary Chats with RoboRick. This is Ryan Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. We are in to 2019. You guys heard our last episode, and this week, you guys know that we have something very special for you. We have the first installment of our interview series coming to you right now. Big Joe, who have we got on deck? So we have the Texas Wrestling Association North American Heavyweight Champion, course one-third of Valhalla Club that has been covered recently on Sports Illustrated, Rolling Stones, and Vice Sports, and he is also currently doing some things with Comedy Central. Mr. Bryson Scott, welcome back to the show, sir. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. What have you been up to since we talked to you last time? Um, I guess what everybody's probably maybe seen my name with associated right now is... Um, my feud going on with JDF, me and him had an altercation down in Laredo. I thought we were cool, you know, I met him at Raw, and then now he's like, it's like he's following me places, you know? So- I'm on Raw, I do the thing with Dean Ambrose and everything else, I leave and there he is. We chit chat, and then they're saying, I know he's coming to Laredo, Texas, where I'm making a name for myself, you know? I'm on top down there, and he wants to come and steal all my shine, so nobody does that to me. That's my shine. Interesting. So, actually, at Raw is where the first run happened then, essentially, yeah. right? Interesting, Raw, interesting. Raw in Houston, Texas. That's when we first met. Hmm. So at that time, that was just a kosher meeting. You guys were, you know, on the same level. You guys were cool with each other. It was a little bro club thing going on here. And then all of a sudden, it seems as though Jason David Frank decides to follow you down to Laredo and kind of hone in on your ground. Yeah, exactly. Like, when we talked after Raw, he said he'd been looking to get into wrestling and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, definitely, man. We exchanged numbers, stuff like that, and then he asked me about where I like to wrestle. I told him, and the next thing I know, he's biting on my money. You know. Well, what's interesting with this is that uh, you know a lot like what's going on with the uh, landscape around professional wrestling. Uh, this is happening, which I think is really interesting. It's happening outside of the WWE, which I think is really cool. Exactly. You know, but I mean, not only. The Rado and but guys like the Young Bucks and Cody, they're showing that. You don't have to have WWE. Ring of Honor is showing that. They're putting out phenomenal product. Final battle? Finally getting to watch all of it. Sabres Jr. and Gresham, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. yeah interesting that, they, so, yeah. that uh, you mentioned that 
Bryson, what's your what's your take on what's going on with that AEW now? Um, it's interesting, right? I'm just I just keep introducing myself to Cody. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's all I can do right now. You know, I I, I'm still working to get signed. If I put myself out there, I'm going to put myself. Now, what's interesting of what's going to happen, I want to kind of get your guys both take on this because they're having a, a rally to kind of announce where this supposed double or nothing show is going to happen here. And they're doing it right in WWE's backyard where they're having a show. Is that a smart move to do that, to go head on hand with the with the big guys? I think it is. I think so, too. I, I think it is. I think show, so too. Them, show them that you're not scared, you know. That's, that's a smart thing to do. If you're going to go into business for yourself like that, and he, they're not going into business for themselves, but if you're going to create your own brand and put it up there, go. Challenge the top spot right away. I think that's essentially exactly what WCW had done, mm-hmm. right? They went out there, and, like, the, the very first night that they had in Mall of America, who comes out? Lex Luger. Big. Yeah. Huge. The, the night before, he's on Monday night, and then he comes out, and now he's with WCW. I mean, what an opportunity right now for AEW to do the exact same thing, maybe on a much smaller level, but still the exact same idea. Why not go into their backyard and show them that, hey, we're here. Do you really, honestly, do you think that Vince McMahon cares? Do you think he's worried about all elite wrestling? He's not. These guys are doing the smart thing for themselves and putting themselves out there in front of the WWE and in front of their people, their fans, to say, hey, there's an alternative out there and we're that alternative. Come on over. Oh, yeah. Almost kind of feels like it's, um, and this is a good thing, I think, you know, we're getting to that, almost to that attitude era where, you know, where Hunter, Sean, and them showing up over at WCW. If I if I was in the WWE in their position, and I'll give some credit to our fellow podcasters hitting the marks, uh, Rick and Drago for this. If I was WWE, I would take one of their top wrestlers right now. I'm talking about Becky Lynch. You take her, and then you have her. You go with her with some cameras, and you have her show up to that rally and just stand there and just go. Mm-hmm. That would spark probably a new war, I think. Inter- or, it's interesting. Or you do it with somebody that's been, they've been talking about. Uh, is he going to re-sign a contract? Put Dolph Ziggler up there. Mm-hmm. Make people wonder. Yeah. That's what's really going to throw people's minds off, you know? And that's what's fun about wrestling. Like, throwing people's minds for a loop, you know? Exactly. As, as Vince Russo, I hate the guy to death. But as <laughs> Who does it, right? Say, <laughs> it's a swerve, bro. Yeah, it is. You know, and go, going back to this thing with uh, Jason David Frank here, and what's interesting with this scenario is that it's feeling a lot to me. I don't know if uh, you feel the same in, uh, on this, Carl. It feels like we're at all in with, with Daniels and with Chris, or, uh, Stephen Amell. It almost feels like a similar kind of situation because Stephen Amell killed it in that match, uh, at least in my humble opinion. You know, and, and we could see a repeat of this with you guys. I mean, you guys, th- this has a potential just to knock it out of the park. Well, you got to think about it too. Like that, that's. You know, I, I didn't really think about this when I pushed him. <laughs> but the dude has an MMA background. You know, yep. I, I I didn't watch his fights before I talked shit. I just did it. Yep. You know, because I'm a spectacular. I do what I want. I don't care. Absolutely. And then I lay out to his security guards, and then he gets a pop on me. It was a good one, 
foot. No matter what anybody says, I didn't get knocked out. <laughs> I promise I didn't get knocked out. But, these, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good one. I mean, he's got the karate and all that background, so it's going to be interesting. So uh, now for yourself, do you have any type of background in any type of mixed martial arts, or are you just known strictly for wrestling? Um, I was, I did um, amateur wrestling in middle school and high school, and then I did combatives tournaments in the army. So, okay, so I mean, you you could you I we know that you're gonna hold your own going toe to toe with Jason David Frank, no matter what type of MMA he throws out there. But yeah, I mean, having that even just that background there is you know just pushing you a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher than Jason David Frank. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's my sport circle, so it's going to be mine regardless. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that because, like I had mentioned uh, before, we hit the old record button here, is that uh, this particular uh, run-in? I mean, with the exception of a few other kind of wacky things out there, which you know we mentioned earlier in an episode with Carl and myself here, you know, this is uh, the talk of the independent wrestling community right now. It really, really yeah. is. You know, so it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens when it comes to that. And you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you, and I had on the list when we talked to you last, and I didn't get to ask you because you um, you and your wife are both uh, in the business. What's the experience there? Do you guys try and work together, or do you guys just kind of forge your own separate paths? Oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely, definitely try and work together. Like, we got a lot of bookings coming up right now together. Um, we want to take on Jazz and Rodney back. Nice. We hear them saying that they're the most dominant for years. Well, we're going to prove them wrong. So, but it's, it's great. I mean, we got a tag against Joey Ryan and Thunder Rosa this year. <laughs> we got a tag with Joey Ryan. Um, I've got to do a lot of awesome stuff with my wife, and it's, it's cool. I'm looking to definitely do more. I want to, I want to see her back in a Ring of Honor ring. Yes. Yeah, because Ring of Honor, they growing. Absolutely. That that's where she started. She was like the first real woman of honor before yeah. it was a title. Interesting. That's like I was listening to the final battle during uh, Chris Daniels match, and they're talking about the prophecy. Yep. He said, "Out's in danger." No, he was <laughs> simply luscious. Absolutely. And you, know, you had mentioned Joey Ryan you know, going back to 2018. You know, there, there, I think there's a fair argument to be made there that that storyline culminating it all in with what Ian Ruckabani referred to as giant inflatable phalluses on the ramp to Joey Ryan coming out there. You know, that was arguably one of the better storylines of the year. And it just, it was so pro wrestling the way that it was pulled off at the end of the day. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, what was it? To, what's it like working with Joey in the ring? Oh, the guy's phenomenal. I mean, he, like, he's more than just that gimmick, though. Like, he's so, like, if you watch all his older stuff, like, the guy's got a mind for the business. He's, he knows what he's doing, and he, he's proven to people you don't have to be signed to WWE to make it. And that's what, that's what I look up to guys like him the most. Because I'm not signed, and I'm still trying to make it like that, you know? 
you know, that's one, you know, especially with all elite wrestling happening now and stuff happening with Impact and with MLW, you know, it, it really is, you know, the WWE isn't the end all here. I mean, there's lots of other great opportunities yeah, where, where, you know, you can make a name for yourself and do very well outside of that main company. I and mean, you know, the days of that always being, you know, the final destination isn't really always the case anymore, at least from what I'm seeing what's happening oh, these days. Yeah. And, and you got New Japan coming over. Yeah. I mean, you got the yeah. out in California, now they're bringing over their shows. I mean, that's going to be huge. Because there's a big opportunity with all of these guys, all of the elite guys starting their own company, NW. There's a bit of a void in New Japan now. So there's room for guys like yourself and other ones that want to make a name for themselves with New Japan wrenching over to the uh, to America. I mean, the opportunity is there. Yeah, because, what, Omega left? Mm-hmm. I just thought somebody else left, too. Um, time splitter, dude. Yeah. Yes. I mean, going along with those lines as well, I mean, I I want to give a a huge shout-out right now to our friends over at the Canadian Wrestling's Elite. They just had Tommy Dreamer up here. Tommy Dreamer, um, owner, promoter, House of Hardcore, he came up here, he did a seminar. He was looking for one person, one person from Canada to come down and do a House of Hardcore match, and he took... Four. Good. <laughs> Four people from that seminar yeah. were taken, that, right? And that's that's, that's another huge name in the business. That's a amazing way to make a name for yourself is getting in with Tommy Dreamer, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done seminars with, like, Danny Cage, Matt Seidel, uh, Matt Hardy, Zach Sabre Jr., um, Tom Pritchard, Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Yeah. Like, I've done a bunch of seminars. They're definitely the way to go, like. The one I did with Matt Seidel got me on the show. So, I mean, it's definitely, it gets you out there. I I did a seminar in Laredo not too long ago. I had two top students. I I personally booked them on shows now. And, I don't book shows anymore, but I book, I've gotten them booked on shows. Yeah. Just because of how hard they push. I saw a young me or a young Simply Luscious in them. You know, and... Re- Recently, a little bit closer to home, too, over in Ohio at uh, Battle on the Board Wrestling, Ricky Morton. And um, I'm trying to think from the Bullet Club, um, Chase Owens, uh, him and Ricky Morton uh, doing seminars uh, over there as well. You know, and, you know, that's right on our doorstep to Canada here, too, Carl. So, you know, there's yeah. uh, it's a good time. 2019, with everything that's going on, it's a, it's a really interesting year to watch for professional wrestling. My only kind of concern going into it a little bit. I mean, it's a little specific with the show here. In 2018, I think there was a lot of hype for it, and it sold out right away. Is this Madison Square Garden show that's set to happen with all of the elite guys vacating the premises, for lack of a better term here? That show is in a bit of jeopardy of maybe not being a stinker, but there's some big talent missing from that show now. That Cody and the Young Bucks, Omega, they're not going to be there. Um, These tickets are already sold. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I mean... I think Arleach, I think Arleach has what it takes to still put out a product that the people that yeah. bought the tickets they'll be happy with. That honestly, because, because I mean, I don't know a lot of the guys up there, but I know some of them, and yeah. I know their work ethic, and I know that they'll do their best to make the crowd happy. So. Yeah, because it's a big moment, you know, with uh, you know, show outside of the WWE. So it's not, not only putting on a sh- just putting on a show in Madison Square Garden, but selling it out, you know. So I'm hoping that they can knock it out of the park because it's it's a pretty big moment that's set to happen pretty soon. So yeah, yeah. 
I just want to put out there, though, I mean, we, we don't know 100% if those guys are not going to be there. It could very well be that they have signed a contract to work that show at Madison Square Garden, well. and they will, as I'm sure all of them, they're, they're consummate professionals, and I'm sure that they are going to honor any contract that they have left. Well, it's interesting that you brought that up, Carl, because we know that uh, they were in uh, them, ROH, and New Japan. You know, at Wrestle Kingdom, they sat down and chatted, and New Year's Dash happened, and none of them were on that show. So for me, that's a very telling thing that either this is their everybody's working us at this point, or, you know, we'll see. It's, uh, I mean, it's the elite, it's the unbucks, it's Cody. I mean, this is, it's their MO, right? They, they've been working and they've been doing the storyline this whole time. So who knows what's going to happen? You know, something really exciting can happen. Either way, I mean, we're all just going to win as fans as, right? So now I had mentioned at the top of the show that you've been doing some stuff with Comedy Central. What exactly is going on there? Um, they've at, somebody from Comedy Central reached out to us. They um, saw the documentary on Amazon Prime, Mahalo Club. And um, they reached out to us with Jordan Klepper. He's doing a new show now to where he's following around people that were in documentaries and seeing how they, how the documentary is, how he would fit into the documentary, see how we go through things. So that's about our PTSD. He, he wants, he's trying to bring a comedic life to it to show people how we overcome it. So we taped with him for four days um, at the beginning of December. And it, dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. Like we had a, just like any indie show, a bunch of hiccups between having to change venues last minute, um, having to find tables and stuff at the last minute chairs because we sold out chairs at our first show. <laughs> yep. um, it was just great. And like Jordan and the Comedy Central crew, they couldn't have been more helpful. And what was cool was... I did comedies. I did that taping Thursday through Sunday, and then Monday and Tuesday I was at WWE. That Tuesday I met John Stewart, who Jordan Klepper used to work with, and I talked to him for like thirty minutes. Nice. Yeah. So he was real. He's real supportive about it and stuff like that. So, um, last I heard, it was coming out in like uh, March. So, really wait for that to hit. Hopefully, a lot of things take off from there. Yeah, no, is this uh, like a series that's going to happen, or is it just one one show? Or? It's a one-time episode, but okay. he's got a whole series, and we're going to be like one of the first or second episodes. Awesome. Now, of course, you had mentioned you know, yourself dealing with uh, with PTSD You know, after uh, being in the military. What advice would you give to others who are in the same scenario as you and, and looking to get into the business and, um, and whatnot? Um, definitely, if you have PTSD, it doesn't matter through service, uh, domestic violence, anything. I mean, anybody can have um, PTSD, but um, find an outlet. I found my outlet in wrestling. I'm, I'm a totally different person in the ring than I am at home, you know, because I can, I can forget about all that bad that I've been through. You know, I get to be a totally different person that Bryson Scott hasn't been through war. He's been through war in the ring, but not um, a battlefield, you know. So um, definitely find your outlet. It doesn't have to be wrestling. You don't have to be a professional wrestler. You could sit in a crowd, and if I could bring you in to believe that much in the match or feel that emotion, that I mean, that'll help you get away from it. That's an outlook. That's your outsource of getting away from it. So I mean, it could be drawing, music, anything. 
Yeah, very well put. Uh, you know, even for people, you know, that um, having that balance there, right, too, you know, having the outlet, like say even, you know, somebody, you know, like us, you know, we're working a day job and it's stressful. You know, you have the outlet for, for Carl and I, it's during a podcast for, for other people. It could be whatever it is that really interests you, you know, do it. You know, there, there's nothing stopping you except yourself, you know, and, you know, having that balance in your life, it's important. And oh, for, yeah. for you, you know, be on the balance of wrestling with that, I mean, it's it's great, so. It's tough, but yeah, for sure. I mean, especially I mean, you're you're not just doing this yourself. You have your, your wife as well, right? So it's a totally different dynamic than just a single guy going out there traveling all over the place, right? So yeah, and it's not just us. We got our two kids that are always in tow too. So and are, are they still interested in wrestling? Because last time we talked, we know that uh, the little ones were were still uh, interested too. Oh. Eh? They like to get in the ring and roll around. Oh yeah, they're nuts. We we're at the doctor's office, like I was saying before this. We we're at the doctor's office, and my daughter's chopping me. <laughs> and then she gets me an arm bar and then a hammer lock and i'm like telling my wife i'm like look she just put me in a hammer lock <laughs> in the middle of the doctor's office a bunch of people looking at me like why is this guy cheering his kid putting him in wrestling moves that's good Little stuff there. you know <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right you have any questions you want to ask carl no, I mean we've covered pretty much everything that uh, that we had at, that we wanted to actually talk about. Yeah. I mean, at this point, now we we throw it over to you, Bryson. If there's anything out there that you want to get off of your chest, anything that you want to say to anybody about anything, any company, I don't care what it is. This is your time to shine. Throw it out there, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Bryson Scott. All right, everybody. So you know. Jason Davis Frank used to be a Power Ranger. Well, I'm here to tell you, Power Rangers, superheroes, they're all fake. I'm real. I'm the real deal. I'm Mr. Stentacular Bryson Scott, Mr. As Seen on TV. Jason Davis Frank, you punched me at a wrestling show. Who's to say I don't come to a Comic Con and punch you in your face? Just watch your back, Jason. See you soon, bud. Hopefully you're training. All right. Before we do go, where can uh, everybody find you? Where, where are you working next, uh, Bryson? Um, my next show is actually here in town in San Antonio this Friday. Um, what is it, the 11th? Um, 1334 South Flores. And then next Friday, I will be in Sherman, Texas for Texoma Pro. Um, actual Uncle Bob, Brutal Bob Evans will be there. So Awesome. And where can all the peeps find you on uh, social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Mr. Stuttacular Bryson Scott. On Instagram, Mr. Underscore Stuttacular. Twitter, Mr. Stuttacular BS. Awesome. And we will make sure that we put onto our social medias once again for you guys the social media links for Bryson Scott so that you guys can go and follow him on his epic journey that he is having running through the ranks and even through Power Rangers making his way to the top of the wrestling industry. That's right. Awesome. All right. Thanks for your time, sir. And we will see you next time. Thank you, fellas. All right, guys, that about uh, wraps up for this week. But before we do go, we have to make sure and talk about our sponsors, Carl. 
Definitely, we need to talk about our sponsors right now. Our sponsors include HypeCityVapors.com. Go and check them out at HypeCityVapors.com for all the best premium e-juice for your vape. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout to receive 15% off your entire order. As well, we want to talk about our friends over at collarandelbowbrand.com. There is a link from all of our social medias to go and check them out. They have amazing stuff over there from shirts, sweaters, t-shirts, sweatpants, hats, hoodies. They've got a little bit of everything. They are taking professional wrestling wear and making it into the hottest street fashion that is available today use our promo code jk podcast at the checkout and get 10 percent off your entire order again people go and check out collar and elbow brand.com and use promo code jk podcast and of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean and of course on Google Play Music and their podcasting app, all those podcatchers out there. And of course, powered by the grillposition.com and part of the Roar Network, you can of course find us there. That's right, guys. And to find us on the interwebs, check out Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at TB Talk Pod. That is TB Talk Pod. Odd on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As well, you can find us by going to thegorillaposition.com and clicking on the Roar Network section of the website where you can find us every Tuesday with a brand new episode. Ciao. See you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joe and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast. On it. There we hey, go. there we go. We got a visual. Sweet. Awesome. What's going on, brother? You're wow. Bu- you're a busy man. <laughs> That's an understatement right now. <laughs> no kidding, man. Okay. Doesn't sound like anybody's echoing pretty good, which is weird because when I called up Carl, he had his headphones on, and I was echoing really bad, which is odd because that should only happen when your voice comes out through a speaker yeah. and then loops back through a microphone, but it's not this time, so I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> oh. You guys are making me hungry. Carl was eating when I called him. You're eating. And I'm just drinking water over here, man. Where where Carl's at, there's like a like two feet of snow, and uh, here it's raining, yeah. and yeah. You can so, see me, right? Yeah, I can see yeah. you. Yeah, see, yeah. I don't do snow. Yeah, right. So, neither me neither, right? I don't like walking in it. I don't like shoveling it. I don't like driving in it. I just, I just don't like it, man.
I used to like it because it means it's cold outside. Not yeah. Cold weather. Yeah. See? Yeah. Hello again, everybody. Gene Okerner, TV 20's All-Star Wrestling on the air. You have just seen six foot nine inch tall, Big John Studd, a man that goes 345 pounds. Big man indeed. But come on in if you would, please. I've got one better for you. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest professional athlete in the entire world. My guest at this time, his name Andre the Giant from Grenoble, France. Just exactly how tall are you, Andre? How much do you weigh? Seven feet four and a half, and I weigh 497 pounds. You uh, played a role of Bigfoot in a series some time back. What was the name of that series? Uh, the Six Million Dollar Man. I, I was the first guy who played Bigfoot in there. Yeah. Very good. Andre the Giant, you've done it all. They tell me that as a youngster over in France, you played soccer. Is that true? I played soccer for four years. Then after the soccer, I played rugby for two years. I was in boxing for almost two years, and I'm now I'm in wrestling for almost 15 years. And you have done well. You have traveled all throughout the world. Am I correct? All over the world. And even I used to wrestle in uh, San Francisco. I don't wrestle in San Francisco for a long time. And I find that now you got a big guy, big John Starr in there. And I'd be very happy to come back in San Francisco wrestling again. Not just against John Starr, but again, anyone you want. Because like in San Francisco, I got lots of friends. Et je voudrais dire une chose, c'est qu'il y a beaucoup de Français aussi à San Francisco. Ça fait bien longtemps que je ne les ai pas vus. Et si vraiment j'ai la chance de revenir lutter à San Francisco, j'aimerais bien venir vous voir et faire le parti comme on avait avant. Andre, would you be uh, kind enough to hold your hand up for the fans here in the Bay Area? Can our cameraman get a good tight shot of that? Can you believe the difference in the size of hands? How big a shoe do you wear? 22. A size 22, that makes my size 9 look... Can our cameraman come on down here? That makes my size 9 shoe look a little ridiculous. Andre, I'm certain that professional football teams or basketball teams at one time or another had to contact you with the tremendous athletic ability you have along with your height and so forth. You've got to be a prime target for professional sports. A few years ago, the Washington Redskins contacted me, but uh, that time my wrestling schedule was so busy and I was making so much money with wrestling. The football team not have any money, enough money to pay me. So I I'll tell you me. what. Very good. Andre the soon. Giant, the gentle giant, until you get in the ring, and then it's a completely different That's a story. Different. Very good. Fans, you've seen him. The world's biggest professional athlete, Andre the Giant at 7'4", 485 pounds, and more action in just a moment.